Christ below us, Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ beside us, Christ with us. Amen. Please be seated. Today we begin a pilgrimage together called Lent, a season of fasting, a season of giving up some things, maybe taking on some new things. And I'd like for us to think of Lent as a pilgrimage today. And many of us here have been on pilgrimages either um, on our own or with the youth. Many of you went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land with our rector. And I've led six youth pilgrimages here at All Saints And one of the things about pilgrimage that's wonderful is that when you realize that pilgrimage begins not when the airplane takes off or the bus pulls out of the parking lot, but it begins the moment that you feel called. It begins well before the departure date. And one of the practices we urge our our pilgrims to do comes out of uh, Phil Cousineau's work, Uh, the art of pilgrimage, and he commends a spiritual practice that has to do with packing. A pilgrim is supposed to carefully consider what we're packing in our bags and then pack our bags and close them up and then sit on them for half an hour. And invariably what this does for us is that we'll then think through all of the things that we put in that bag. And every single time a pilgrim does that, he or she, and I know when I do it, it happens, I come up with two or three things that I just don't need anymore, that just aren't true to the spirit of the pilgrimage I'm going on, or just weight, burden, something I feel compelled to carry because I think it's it's, it's something that's going to really defined me. Pilgrims a lot of times will say that in that time of meditation, they discovered that they really didn't need their iPhone, which they weren't supposed to take anyway, or that camera that we asked them not to bring, or that book that they had to read for school, that outfit that they needed to fit in on the one free night we had. And some even have said that leaving behind these things helped them feel closer to God and helped them have a truer and deeper pilgrimage. Our pilgrimage of Lent begins following the excess of Fat Tuesday. We had a wonderful night of eating pancakes and bacon last night. And it's called Fat Tuesday because it's when we would clean out our pantries of those things that we enjoyed eating in excess that generally had to do with fat and alcohol sometimes. And so today as we begin our journey with the tradition of leaving something out of our lives, we might have missed that cup of coffee or that square of chocolate and hopefully not until later today miss that glass of beer 
that hour of Netflix, maybe even found ourselves choosing different words if we gave up cursing for Lent. All the things that we gave up a lot of times uh, are linked to things that we consume, treats. And you know, if, if what we gave up uh, was McDonald's for Lent, then maybe we will actually be lighter at the end of Lent. And all of that is good. It's good to give up things. But I think all of us have a hunch that it's kind of trivial. It's sort of a game we play with ourselves, isn't it? What are you going to give up for Lent? Oh, I'm giving up chocolate. Oh, I'm giving up giving up things, someone always says. And in that exchange, there's a little discomfort. And, and there's a notion that really what we are trying to get to in Lent runs much deeper than what we gave up. And it's important not to confuse the two. And it's easily done. And it's easy just to give up the superficial things and to ignore the deeper issues. And Jesus is really hinting at this today because the hypocrites that he speaks of in the gospel hadn't a clue about a deeper kind of repentance. Their reward was not intimacy with God. Their reward was not being drawn closer to other people. They smeared themselves with ashes and tore their clothes and prayed in public because they wanted to show off. They were rewarded for that because other people saw them. And their desire to be seen is holy by other people rather than to be seen by God as someone is truly repentant. um, They got that reward. And so what Jesus is pointing out is that what they're doing is built with a kind of, of falsehood here. It's, it's a lie, a false self that they're promoting before others. They're not really that holy. They're just pretending to be. They're not really repentant. Um, they just want you to think that they are. And so Jesus urges us to pray in private to our Father in heaven because praying in private like that, um, we're forced to reckon ourselves with God. We're forced to open our hearts up to God. We're forced to be ourselves in front of God and not just be the best version of ourselves, not be that version of ourselves that we just parade around in front of others so they can think that we're holy and good and godly. And it is kind of strange, isn't it, that the gospel we just heard basically tells us not to do what we're about to do, doesn't it? Not to wear our ashes in public. Yet we're also given the experience of the hypocrites by wearing them in public and reminded when we get on the bus or the train or walk in the office and have someone look at us and go, oh, that we are invited to something deeper today. We can remember and learn through their bad example. And as we wipe those ashes off, or sometimes I've even felt them fall into my eyes during the day, we can be reminded of the deeper pilgrimage that we're called to during Lent. 
then the ashes invite us to look at the real things that we carry, the real things that we need to leave behind for our pilgrimage. Things like self-hatred, our guilt, the grudges we hold, the fear that we harbor of the other, the racism that has nested in our hearts, or the sexism that has nested in our souls, the anger that we carry, and maybe even our addictions to things that can kill us, including substances, but even addictions to things like control and fear and anxiety and depression. Because see, repentance in this regard means something drastically different from what the hypocrites experience. Repentance in this regard means changing directions. It means trying something else with our lives because these things we carry with us just don't work. Repentance means leaving those things behind that separate us from God and separate us from one another and force us to push that best version of ourselves to the surface, that false self, and parade it before others and presumably even try and parade it before God. Monk and writer Thomas Merton talks a lot about the false self. And he describes conversion as a process of leaving behind our false self and living into who God really created us to be. He says that every one of us is shadowed by this illusory person. That this false self is the person that we want ourselves to be, but is a person who cannot exist, as he says, because God does not know anything about us then. It's the self that wants too much privacy from God. It's the false self that parades in the marketplace with religion because it doesn't want to go in the closet and confess her wrongdoing before God. It's a false self that parades holiness in public because in private, that false self despairs from the separation that he feels. It's a false self that avoids conversation with God because it does not trust that God trusts and loves and forgives. It's a false self that stops with the outward and trivial during Lent and avoids the real work of figuring out those deeper things that we carry and need to leave behind. So as we begin our Lenten pilgrimage, we need to ask ourselves, like our pilgrims ask themselves as they finish their packing, what is it we need to leave behind? What are those things that we carry that we think we need but we do not need? What are the things that we use to fool the people in the marketplace into thinking that we are good to make ourselves look holy because inside we know that we are not because in private we avoid confronting what is heavy in our hearts. 
So we begin this holy Lenten pilgrimage. And we will walk on carrying some of these things and with God's help leaving some of these things behind. But we will walk on together and God will walk with us. And in that, we have God's hope to leave these things behind. And so I'll leave you with a bit of poetry, a song lyric really from my favorite Episcopalian, Bono. I was talking to a friend this morning and was talking about what I was going to, she'd asked me what I was going to preach today and I was describing this and it was funny because we had this moment where we both thought of the same U2 song in the same moment. It's a song called Walk On, where he says we have to walk on in our pilgrimage, but we've also got to leave these things behind. He says, leave it behind. You've got to leave it behind, all that you fashion, all that you make, all that you build, all that you break, all that you measure, all that you steal, all this you can leave behind. All that you reason, all that you care It's only time, and I'll never fill up my mind. All that you sense, all that you speak, all you dress up, and all that you scheme, all you create, all that you wreck, all that you hate, walk on, walk on. We are invited to walk on into our pilgrimage of Lent with God leaving behind our false selves, leaving behind our sins, leaving behind our burdens.